Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Thursday, February 2nd, and we start with local news. Due to the freezing rain that has been passing through the area overnight, there are several cancellations and closings to report. Within our listening area, Giles County Schools will be opening at 10 o'clock this morning. Hickman County Schools are closed. Lawrence County Schools will open two hours late. Lewis County is closed. Murray and Williamson Counties will start two hours late. Murray County Government Offices will also open one hour late. At 7 p.m. Tuesday evening, Murray County Fire received a call to retrieve a body found in the historic fire tower in Santa Fe. County fire units utilized high-angle rope rescue operations to make their way up the condemned fire tower. The condition of the tower, cold temperatures, fog, and darkness made the operation especially complicated. On-scene command requested mutual aid from Spring Hill Fire Department to utilize a 100-foot aerial tower. Rope rescue equipment was utilized in connection with the tower to retrieve the body. Crews worked for three hours in difficult conditions to deliver the body to the family. The fire tower is in a restricted area, not open to the public. No other information, including the identity of the victim, is available at this time. Spring Hill Police are continuing to investigate a shooting that occurred on Port Port Royal Road last week. According to a press release from Spring Hill Police Department, officers were dispatched to the 4600 block of Port Royal Road around 10.30 p.m. on Thursday, January 26th, after receiving multiple calls about shooting someone shooting a gun. Witnesses reportedly heard several gunshots and saw a person standing outside of what appeared to be a dark-colored SUV shooting at another nearby vehicle. After arriving, officers could not initially locate any victims or involved vehicles. But shortly afterward, the driver of the car being shot at returned to the scene and spoke with officers, who observed several bullet holes in the vehicle. Spring Hill Police Department said no one inside the vehicle or in the surrounding area was wounded. This department, uh, the Spring Hill Department, is asking anyone with information to report it to the Spring Hill Police Department. Tips may be left anonymously either online at www.springhilltn.org forward slash form center or by calling 931 486 2252. After two years of being out of local politics, Spring Hill's Vincent Fuquay felt the itch to get involved. That itch led to a successful campaign to be the next county commissioner for District 5, but being at the county level didn't quite satisfy the itch he was feeling. With a less-than-conspicuous social media post in January, Fuquay hinted at a run for his old seat on the Spring Hill Board of Mayor and Alderman in Ward 4. He qualified for the seat, and like every other Board of Mayor and Alderman race at the city level, Fuquay found himself as the only candidate on the ballot. Fuquay, along with John Canapari in Ward 1, Matt Fitterer in Ward 2, and Brent Murray in Ward 3, were the only candidates who qualified for each of their races, meaning the city of Spring Hill's April elections will not take place. Now, Fuqua finds himself in a position where he will serve on both the County Commission and the Spring Hill City Board of Mayor and Aldermen, something he feels can be positive for both bodies of government. 
I felt this would maximize the impact I can have to make a difference in my hometown, he said. Serving on both the county commission and as alderman gives me the opportunity to make sure Spring Hill has a voice at the county level and the county has a liaison at the city level, he said. The city asked for an opinion from the state's attorney general on whether serving on both boards is appropriate, and according to city officials, the opinion is there is no conflict of interest. By having a seat at both tables, Fuquay could force collaboration with both entities, which he sees as a way to build teamwork and transparency. One of the main topics of discussion he hopes to address with this is the dire need both the city and county will have for water and sewer solutions. There are water needs for both the county and the city that must be addressed, he said. I would like to have a seat at the table for both the county and the city to negotiate what the future of water supply looks like for both in a partnership for everyone in the county, he said. How that can happen hasn't been worked out in detail just yet, but Fuquay said he plans to meet with County Mayor Sheila Butt and Murray County Commission Chairman Eric Providi soon to iron out what his role can be on the commission. One of the biggest issues ahead of Fuquay is that he sits on a committee for the county that meets the first Friday of every month, and the full commission meets on the third Monday of each month. Both of those nights are when the Spring Hill Board of Mayor and Aldermen meet. One of the things I feel like is a strength for me in local politics is working with staff behind the scenes and letting someone else take the role of presenting the work to the board, he said. I would like to play for Murray County in that way, he said. Moving from his current commission, current committee role rather to a different committee that meets on another night would be the ideal situation for Fuquay, he said, as his Monday nights have been set aside for government work since his time as alderman. His family life will accommodate that, but he said he's made some adjustments to how he approached local politics and governing since he was defeated in the 2021 mayoral race. Being out of politics for two years taught me a few things in how to be a better husband, father, and business owner, and where politics falls into that, he said. Where politics defined my time when I was in office the first time, I'm going to navigate that a little differently this time. The family and business have gotten used to Monday nights being dedicated to what is an extracurricular for me, he said. Fuquay said this opportunity to jump back into the saddle with the city's board of mayor and aldermen will be an opportunity to pick up some of the projects he was working on during his most recent term. When I got out of politics in Spring Hill, I wanted completely out. I had discussions with other aldermen about things I was working on in the event they wanted to pick those conversations up and continue them, he said. I was a little disappointed to see some of them fall through the cracks. Rekindling those conversations will hopefully be fruitful both for the county and the city simultaneously, he said. One of those conversations will be tackling the traffic flow issue along the interstate. What's best for Spring Hill is what's going to be best for Murray County in the sense of how traffic flows through the county, Fuquay said. With the interchange coming in Spring Hill, I think it's imperative that the interstate be widened from Interstate 840 to Bear Creek Pike. I was having those conversations two years ago. Not only the economic development of Spring Hill, but also Murray County depends on good traffic flow on the I-65 corridor. Fuquay will begin his term with the city in May of 2023. Commissioned in response to the needs of both new and existing employers in Murray County, a new talent attraction campaign tells how and why Murray County is positioned to welcome, hire, and support new residents. 
The campaign, created by the Murray County Chamber of Commerce and Economic Alliance, also focuses on how the area is sparking innovation, growing small businesses, and offering unique cultural, recreational, and educational opportunities. Murray County is the ideal place to move, find a successful career, and have a great quality of life, said Murray Alliance President Will Evans. We're eager to promote Murray County, the job opportunities that are here, the ability to grow, the high quality of life to people who may be looking to move, he said. As one of the state's fastest growing counties, Murray County has already seen an influx of new people along with billions of dollars in economic investment. The new campaign's theme, We're Ready, showcases this momentum and how the county has prepared for growth. We're ready is the ideal way to describe Murray County and the momentum that's been building here, Evans said. We're truly ready as a community to grow and welcome new residents from all over the world. The campaign is aimed at new talent, but built around people who have made Murray County what it is, ranging from educators and artists to entrepreneurs and industry leaders. Murray County is desirable because of the people who already call it home, Evans said. This campaign recognizes how we've become the ideal place to work and live while also eyeing the future, he said. The campaign, which is one piece of Align Murray, Murray Alliance's larger workforce development initiative, also showcases amenities and the quality of life perks county residents enjoy. We have a top-rated healthcare system, great schools, and a vibrant business community, said Russ Adcox, the 2022 chair of the Alliance's Align Murray Steering Committee. We also have some of the greatest natural resources around, and most importantly, a strong sense of community. It's easy to be known and get involved, he said. After reviewing the results of a workforce alignment study conducted in 2020 by Boyette Strategic Advisors, the steering committee singled out the talent attraction campaign as one of the top priorities. Workforce development has always been a focus of the Murray Alliance, but we realized we also needed to attract a new talent to Murray County, Adcock said. Our employers are hiring and they are looking for people willing to relocate to the community, he said. Murray Alliance Vice President of Economic Development Travis Growth said the county and its communities, including Columbia, Mount Pleasant, and Spring Hill, offer a mix of city and country life. I relocated here myself and have lived in a lot of different places. This is a Goldilocks community, he said. It's close to Nashville, so you have the amenities and can get to the airport, but just far enough that you have a more relaxed pace. You can breathe. People are kind and friendly. It's a real community, he said. The campaign's primary audience is workers who can help service the county's growing advanced manufacturing and healthcare industries. CNC machine operators, industrial maintenance technicians, welders, and nurses, Growth said, are in particularly high demand, as are K-12 teachers, engineers, and leaders at all levels, from team leaders at manufacturing plants to bank branch managers. One of the most exciting things for this campaign is that there are so many types of talent that can move to Murray County and be successful, he said. If one member of the family finds a job, they can be confident their spouse can find opportunities, diverse opportunities too, he said. Growth said he also expects the county's already thriving community to local restaurants, event venues, retail shops, and other businesses to grow alongside industry, as well as engineering companies, law firms, banks, and other professional service organizations. The campaign will feature storytelling about Murray County and its people on a variety of platforms, as well as targeted advertising, outreach efforts, and a dedicated campaign website, murrayisready.com. 
We hope this campaign will spread the word about Murray County and encourage more people to consider making this community their home, Adcock said. We've seen a lot of economic wins and a lot of new businesses, so we're eager to do what we can to support that growth, he said. A new addition to expand one of Spring Hill's many historic landmarks is currently under review by the city's planning commission. The proposed expansion to historic Whitehall, located at 2536 Duplex Road, includes a concept plan featuring two 12,500-square-foot mixed-use buildings, which would include general office space and retail, as well as apartments and other multifamily developments. The concept plan was presented last week to the planning commission for review, but did not include a vote. Originally completed in 1844, Whitehall was built by Dr. Aaron C. White, a local physician and planter, with construction overseen by his brother, Henry White. Perhaps Whitehall's most significant place in local history was its use as a military headquarters for General Earl Van Dorn of the Confederate States Army. The home was later used to treat wounded soldiers following the Battle of Franklin in 1864. Dmitry Danilov, representing applicant Rubin Group LLC, said he and his team are excited to bring this new addition to the historic city site. I don't believe anybody has lived in this property in almost 15 years and has used it as an event place, Danilov said. Spring Hill associate planner Jake McQueen recommended that, given the site's proximity to historic land, the proposal be reviewed by the city's historic commission prior to a planning commission vote. This would be in conjunction with talking with the current Whitehall landowner in order to discuss potential impacts to the site once the site plan has been submitted, McQueen said. McQueen added that the applicant would also be required to submit a traffic impact study at the time of the site plan, in addition to more details regarding the use of approximately 218 parking spots among the two structures. Alderman Matt Fitterer suggested the developer also consider creating a possible pedestrian connection to Walnut Street, including the nearby skate park. You've got a city park that's primarily a skate park now to the south of the property, and the city is actively looking at a couple of other uses on that property as well, Fitterer said. Certainly, if you can get an internal pedestrian connection, your residents can get access down there to a city park versus having them go up to Walnut Street and come back down. That only benefits you, he said. Daniloff said consideration to better pedestrian access to the nearby park is definitely in the plans as a project continues to develop. Planning Commission Chair Jonathan Duda advised the applicant to get in touch with the city's historical commission sooner rather than later. Duda also addressed the number of proposed parking spaces, which he said Fitterer, he and Fitterer said they consider overparked and that there could be a better use for the area. I think there is an opportunity to create a private space between these buildings, which can serve as a community space for the buildings themselves, whether it's through landscaping, hardscaping, or other ways to make an amenity out of this little area, Duda said. You could gain more tenants if you have more flexibility, as opposed to buildings in a sea of asphalt, he said. Since the item was merely a concept plan review, there are no future votes scheduled regarding the Whitehall edition. The purpose of the review was only to receive input from planners as to what the next best step forward will be prior to any preliminary or final plans. The City of Columbia Public Works Department is hosting a Name a Snowplow contest. The public is invited to submit the best and most creative names for four of the city's snowplows. Submit your entry. You can submit your entry by email at pwfb at columbiatn.com. 
The winning names will be assigned to the snowplows at the City of Columbia Public Works facility. Winners will receive a $25 gift card, an opportunity to have your photo made with your winning snowplow, and be recognized at the Columbia City Council meeting to be held on Thursday, March 9th at 5.30 p.m. Here are the regulations. There is one entry per person. Entries are limited to no more than 30 characters, including letters and spaces, and one to two words. Entries will be accepted in order received, and duplicated names and entries will be excluded. Members and staff of the City of Columbia are not eligible to enter. No profanity or inappropriate language, and no politically inspired names, please. The voting period is now through February 9th at 3.30 p.m. Public Works employees will vote on submission names. Winning names will be announced Friday, February 17th. Winners will be notified by phone or email taken from their entry form. Each winner will receive a $25 gift card. Winners will be recognized at the March 9th City Council meeting. Elementary school winners will have an opportunity to have their winning snowplow appear at their school. And winners will be published on Facebook, Instagram, and the City of Columbia website. And now your hometown memorial, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. Gerald Ray Walters, 79, a retired conductor for CSX Railroad and a resident of Columbia, died Saturday, January 28th at St. Thomas Midtown. Funeral services for Mr. Walters will be conducted on Saturday, February 4th at 10 a.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Santa Fe Cemetery. The family will visit with friends on Friday from 4 to 7 p.m., and Saturday from 9 a.m. until service time at the funeral home. Ms. Sarah Catherine Duncan Parks, 69, died Saturday, January 29th at Novent Health in Huntersville, North Carolina. Funeral services for Ms. Parks will be conducted Saturday at 1 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Saturday from 11 a.m. until service time at the funeral home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern middle Tennessee weather, we will have cloudy skies today with some rain early. The high will be 41 degrees with light and variable winds. Tonight, we can expect evening clouds that will give way to clearing overnight. The low will be 24 degrees, with winds out of the north-northwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) 
My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Chris Dowdy from Tennessee Children's Home. We are overwhelmed by the support through our move to our new Spring Hill campus. We are excited about the new opportunities that these buildings will provide us to serve at-risk youth. We ask that you will continue to pray for us and those that we serve. We still need your continued support. Visit our website, TennesseeChildrensHome.org, to make a donation or learn more about what we're doing to serve at-risk youth in Tennessee. Tennessee has lots of buried pipelines, so it's important to know the signs of a leak, like if you smell unusual odors or hear hissing, see bubbling earth or water, or dead or dying vegetation. Some signs are even harder to miss, like dirt being blown into the air, a frost ball in an open field, or a flame coming from the ground. If you see any of these signs, don't wait. Leave the area immediately and call 911 or your pipeline company. For more tips on pipeline safety, visit pipesafety.org. A message from the Tennessee Gas Association, Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Last Saturday night, a team of paranormal investigators searched for ghosts inside the Lotes house in Franklin and examined what they claimed was paranormal activity. 
Georgia Paranormal Investigations, or GPI, founded by members Philip Wyatt and Aaron Leegood in 2021, received permission to survey the property after friends and Franklin tipped them off to its storied past. GPI also searched the house in May, but the 10 investigators had such a great time that they decided to return again. I love history, Wyatt said. I especially love Civil War history, and this house has a lot going on activity-wise. In the Battle of Franklin, 2,500 men died in nine hours. That's a lot of trauma embedded into the environment. They may not even know that they are dead or that the war is over, he said. According to Wyatt, there are two different kinds of hauntings, residual hauntings that encapsulate a single traumatic event, or intelligent hauntings where one once human entities are capable of communicating with the living. GPI uses techniques like asking spirits to respond to questions and places, trigger objects throughout locations, items from the time period of a spirit's death in the hopes of measurable interaction. We believe it's all in how you approach things and what your intention is, Wyatt said. We don't go in looking for something terrifying. We're trying to establish intelligent communication with the spirit. We don't normally get terrified. Not much scares us. We've been grabbed and things, but not in this house, he said. He claimed that the most common ghost responses the team has recorded during home and historic property investigations are the words, hey, and get out. In fact, team members argued that Get Out was heard last Saturday night at the Lotes House as well. Voice and video recordings from investigations are uploaded on GPI's YouTube page. When questioned about the validity of the team's evidence, Wyatt responded that each piece goes through a thorough debunking process, but there will always be the non-believers and the skeptics that will argue with any evidence we put out, he said. Equipment used to measure alleged spirit activity at the Lotes House include motion sensors, voice recorders, infrared cameras, static electricity gauges, thermometers, and laser grids. Lotes House Executive Director Thomas Cartwright oversaw the safe deployment and use of those tools. Everything went great, he said. They're a great group and very professional. Cartwright noted the popularity of ghost tours at the property. Travel Channel once listed it as the second most terrifying house in America. The key for us is remembering these Americans, the Battle of Franklin, and the Lotz family. These special tours have opened up a whole different avenue to that, he said. The Lotz house is open Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Specialized tour dates, including ghost and women's history tours, are regularly updated at www.lotzhouse.com. For more information about GPI, you can go to georgiaparanormalinvestigations.com. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Columbia's own 7th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Tournament returns March 15th at the Ridley Sports Complex. Come see the Lady Volunteers face off against Austin P. starting at 5.30 p.m. Opening game, Columbia State versus Motlow College at 1 p.m. Food trucks on site and parking is free. Tickets are $10 and sold exclusively online at ColumbiaTN.com slash Mid-State Classic. Or check out the City of Columbia Parks and Recreation today. The Mid-State Classic, March 15th. See you at the game. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee today, and now our final. Brian Adams announced on social media the So Happy It Hurts Tour in 2023 will head out to 26 cities this summer. Joining Adams as special guests will be Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. The tour will kick off in Baltimore before heading to Nashville on Saturday, June 17th. You can get pre-sale tickets now uh, starting today at 10 o'clock local time with the password so happy USA. You can find tickets at www.brianadams.com. That's Brian with a Y. General sale tickets go on sale Friday, February 3rd at noon. The tour will be in support of Adam's album, So Happy It Hurts, which released on March 11th of 2022. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.